Welcome to a special episode of our Bucket Plan On Demand series brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity. For more information on the Bucket Plan process and a list of all podcasts in this series, visit claritytoprosperity.com. Welcome, everybody. This is fun. I've been, haven't been on in a couple few weeks, so it's good to join everybody. Good to see everybody's smiling faces. Uh, definitely encouraged to turn your uh, cameras on. I know we got a, a chunk of us with our cameras on, but more participation, the better. Well, um, today's topic is frequent bucket plan challenges and how to work through them. So let's go ahead and uh, kind of kick this off. Does anybody have any frequent bucket plan challenges or any recent, you know, especially in, in light of the market volatility or, uh, or any stories or any uh, conversations to kick us off? Absolutely. Got one to share. Awesome. So we've got a niche with uh, a, a local company uh, that has pretty sizable pensions for their employees. And uh, because we've developed uh, a kind of a reputation with them, we do a lot of retirement planning prior to them uh, um, actually retiring. And one of the biggest challenges that we have since we're doing the planning for them two, three, maybe uh, four years before they actually are retiring, the bulk of their money is coming from their 401k and their pension. And uh, particularly for the money that's coming from their 401k, uh, we, we can't move the money out to create the soon bucket. And so uh, what we found is the early distribution rules um, with this particular company, they're allowed at 55 if they're separating from service that they can move uh, some of those monies uh, out, out of the plan. But the, the, the bigger challenge is when we can't move the money out and then we, we've got to wait for them to actually retire. So kind of walking them through how to change their allocation so that we kind of create a, mi uh, a, a mixture soon bucket within their own qualified plan. That's been a, a little challenging because as, as you know, interest rates uh, have been climbing and so just to make sure that that money is there according to the way that we drew out the plan has been a challenge. Yep, that's an age old challenge, dude. <laughs> yep. And I think, um, you know, what, you know, what, I'm very similar to what you're talking about, what we've always done in that instance is we've positioned enough money that we know that when the time comes and the liquidity event happens, right, we'll call yep. it, where we can actually move the money that we have it in an asset class or basically positioned to where it's not gonna be subject to, you know, the fluctuation of interest rate risk or market risk. Yep. So, you know, that's, that's what we've historically done. And we literally build it into their bucket plan to say, this is the short duration bond portfolio, or this is this fund where we have X amount and we, we put it and show them a visual in the bucket plan, even though when they look at the statement, it's gonna be hard to make sense of it. But if they couple the statement with the bucket plan, yeah. they know that X amount went in there. Um, so, my brother-in-law is a great example. Like uh, my brother-in-law and sister just retired recently. And uh, that's exactly what we did. And it's funny, he just, uh, 
they're building a house across the street and they bought a motorhome to live in for a year, like one of those massive RVs. And they're living behind my barn, like literally <laughs> in this massive RV, the barn that we just built. And uh, I was out there last night and he came over and he's like, man, he's like, I'm so glad we put that money aside for the soon bucket because now we've moved it into an annuity for income purposes. But that's exactly what we did. You know, we, you know, we set it aside, earmarked it. The key is it's got to be short duration bonds. Everybody sees like if it's not, you know, bonds are getting crushed with the rise in interest rates right now. Well, two quick success stories. One, uh, a uh, client that worked for the city a year and a half ago, we created her kind of makeshift soon bucket within her uh, plan, and they had a guaranteed 3% um, fund within the 401k, and we moved that money over there. And so she thinks we, you know, are prognosticators because we moved so much money into that 3% fund. And then secondly, check uh, the qualified plan documents because uh, we've had another client who was able to um, use the early distribution rule that they had within the plan and we took some money out and they were able to still, because a lot of times the biggest challenge is they can't take the money out unless they separate from service. But some plans will allow you to take the money out at a certain age, 55 or beyond. This particular client was age 62. Uh, that's when they could take the money out and he's still working. And so we were able to take the money out and, and create the soon bucket. No doubt. Anybody else have any, anything on that? Any strategies they've done or any, anything in regards to more specifically people a few years out and how they've handled that? I don't know if there is any other way to do it, <laughs> right? I mean, I think the biggest thing is watching out for the duration of the bonds or looking for a guaranteed interest rate fund, you know, something stable, right? Where you're not gonna have the fluctuation. Yeah, I was gonna share too around the interest rate fluctuations. I did a review with one of my clients yesterday and it was interesting because we had decided to put 50% of his money that was in the soon bucket and um, an annuity and the other half was in short duration bonds. And it was nice to look at that comparison and see the gains and the return from the annuity Conversely, with you know how much the uh, the bond fund had lost a little bit, and it's just kind of a, an unintended consequence of the of the bucket plan that really I think we ought to be talking about with every client because you know you know maybe their annuity made two percent or three percent or whatever, but really it hasn't. It's probably made five or ten when you look at the difference between you know what the bond fund has lost and what the annuity has gained. So it's a really a profound comparison. Yeah, it's a great point. Looking at the variance, right, of the two. I know for me, um, you know, everybody kind of has, you know, a little bit of a different philosophy, I think, in regard to how they look at managed money. And I've always been a, a big fan of more of the long play, mainly because of the bucket plan, you know, and how we position money. Usually working with pre-retirees, we're working with, you know, we're utilizing annuities in the soon bucket. And then um, with some, you know, conservative you know, liquid money there is an inflation hedge. And then the bulk of the money, you know, for the long term out in the later bucket, primarily equities. But having, you know, the overall philosophy that we've subscribed to of the fixed income being short duration, which is, you know, what DFA does, has really come in great right now, you know. And 
And, uh, you know, and I think a big question people are, that, that comes up when there's times of, you know, major volatility and downturns in the market is when you're doing annual reviews right now and people are starting to get into that red zone where maybe their soon bucket only has five years left of income, you know, when do what having the conversation about reloading, right? And buying more of a time horizon in that soon bucket. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to do that with anything that's down, but that's, you know, we're substantially down. But that's the advantage of, you know, when you have, you know, shorter duration is you're not going to have that, you know, a big down. And if people are getting a little nervous, kind of freaking out or want to take some risk off the table, you can do that in a way where you at least peel it out of the part of the portfolio that's not down so much, you know, so you're not memorializing those losses. Yep. Anybody else? Well, another thing, Jason, that sometimes arises is when clients have just a negative view of annuities. And when you're trying to present the soon bucket um, the way that we do it, of course, using fixed index annuities. And so we, it's just a matter of educating the client a lot of times um, because they, they, they have a, um, a prejudice against the annuities from what, whatever they've heard. And they'll ask you about, well, why can't we do uh, bonds or why can't we do uh, REITs in the soon bucket? They get the they get the philosophy of the soon bucket, but what to actually invest in, they have a prejudice towards that. And so what I found to be helpful is, you know, doing the math in front of them, um, because, you know, if we're going to do a drawdown strategy, it's hard to do a drawdown strategy in a, in a bond portfolio, particularly now. And when you show them the math, that helps. And then the other thing that we've done is uh, Tom Hegna's book. Uh, Tom Hegna does just an amazing job explaining why bonds fit so well in a, in a retirement strategy. So that's those are two things that we've done to kind of help those people who may not have a good opinion of annuities, but really should be investing in annuities in the soon bucket. And you meant to say uh, why annuities work so well. You think you said bonds, but I knew. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Can't appreciate Kale, that. How about some of the like, because I think some people, right, that especially the more high net worth and the more sophisticated investors that aren't used to utilizing annuities as a bond alternative in their overall portfolio, they need a little bit of that academic validation. And we have some fantastic pieces that have been produced. Caleb, you want to talk about those? Yeah, yeah. So, so we've had that kind of three landmark studies done uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, we, 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 uh, last year was the Alliance Bernstein, and then BlackRock just did one this year. Um, and, and all of them showed that, that actually using an annuity as, as a piece of that bond piece. So they're all looking at that kind of standard 60-40 portfolio and really carving out a piece of that 40%, usually a 20-20, 20% going to an annuity, 20% staying in bonds, that not only did it improve the, the returns of the portfolios, but the reliability of income also increased substantially. So we have a lot of academic validation showing, historically looking, that, that, that you know, obviously uh, using a, an annuity, not, not just approves outcomes from a return standpoint, but also the reliability and stability of income, which is 
ultimately what most retirees are you know really concerned about. Um, the the BlackRock was particularly interesting because they look forward looking, and so you know where a lot of them are looking back at what happened previously, they're kind of projecting the future and really projecting lower returns on the S and P five hundred, uh, which which even improves the story more when you look at maybe maybe the S and P is not going to average fourteen percent the next decade, maybe it's going to be in that six seven percent range, um, and, and in which case you know using uh, an 80-20 equity portfolio or 60-40 equity to bond portfolio, almost all those returns were driven by the equity side historically. That, that may, may not be the case going forward and, and your, your rate of return may be a lot lower. So the annuity is you know, just a really critical piece to, to ultimately make the outcomes better. Dave Allison a couple of weeks ago did an incredible presentation using the back, you know, that, that foundation uh, to, to kind of build these portfolios into uh, e-money and kind of show the effect over a long period of time. Uh, so we have a lot of academic validation uh, as it relates to annuities as a as a bond alternative in the soon bucket. So what? Repeat those. Just uh, you know, again, Kalen. What exactly are those points? Are those pieces that we have? So we have a, an, a, an Alliance Bernstein study. Um, yep. That was the one that came out in in, in late last year. And then BlackRock did one probably February of this year. So we have two, two recent studies done, Alliance Bernstein last year and BlackRock this year, all, all related to that same concept of an annuity as a bond alternative. Great. Do you, and check out the, uh, the question Pat just asked. Um, Kale, I'm seeing if we have anything in that. You know, yeah. So Pat, what, what you just asked is exactly what Dave Allison walked through. So we have the recording of him doing that. I'll make sure that we get that over to you. But that's exactly what Dave did in eMoney is he modeled out the drawdown with refilling the soon bucket to show, you know, the impact of, of kind of a traditional portfolio design with just mass, you know, mass asset allocation. Uh, versus the, the, using a drawdown strategy in the soon bucket and refilling it, as Jason mentioned, when there's about five years of income left. Uh, and, and, it, and it absolutely improved the outcomes. It improved the outcomes, you know, literally every single quadrant that you look at uh, in that e-money uh, projection. Built on the foundation of the award-winning bucket plan process, Clarity to Prosperity's proven processes, training, and coaching can help you increase your revenue. If you are a growth-minded, independent financial advisor, you qualify for a free copy of the bucket plan book. Go to claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer to get your free book today. That's claritytoprosperity.com forward slash offer. Jason. Yes. Uh, another alternative uh, when they have uh, everything in 401k plans, but they're high income and they have discretionary. I have been funding life policies on an annual basis and marking them as soon bucket. So yeah. they don't have the assets to just roll in, but we're building and then we're doing anywhere from 2000 a month to 5000 a month typically, which builds a substantial soon bucket for when they're going to need it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. My wife and I just recently did a did a strategy of that, you know, where where we max funded a, a, a large life insurance policy to build up to fund our, our soon bucket. And we're shifting where before we had Roth and non-qualified only, 
Now we're starting to build up quite a bit of cash value. It's been a couple of few years now. And so it gives us the ability to then shift our Roth money out into the later bucket that previously we wanted it, you know, because that was our only source to be able to get it and not take tax implications if we needed to hit it. And so now we're shifting that, you know, and it's more a visual shift, right? Of like before you saw it in our soon bucket, now we're shifting out to our later because the, the overfunded cash value life insurance is, you know, is, is playing the role previously the Roth was. Which is right now we had it conservative and we actually just made a shift where we, you know, with the market down and who knows how much more what's going to happen, right? But um, buying now during a down, you know, where a, a recent downtrend just happened. Hey, Jason, I wanted to share too, back to Jude's point, because it's really interesting in sharing with people about how you're going to fund that soon bucket. And after I went through the 2.0 bucket plan training, you know, hearing that whole presentation about how we go over the pyramid of risk, you know, I just wasn't doing it that way. And I just love the piece about saying, I really want to be an educator with you on this. Has anyone ever gone over, you know, the pyramid of risk? And when you're going through all three items of the pros and cons of each one of those asset classes, and then going over how advisors are paid, um, it really brings a lot to the table for people, not only from an educational perspective, but then later down the road, when you're having them sign the, the DOL forms that have to disclose all the compensation, you know, you've really, really got a lot of foundation there to, to go over with them. And it's, it's made such a difference for me, such a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's, I mean, broaching that topic up front when you know you're going to use annuities and you're going to have to disclose the compensation and starting to do that, two, two major areas or two places that most people are doing it successfully is they're introducing it when they're covering the pyramid of risk. And they're also, because you're, you're killing two birds with one stone, you're also identifying the people that are like, no way am I doing an annuity, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, but you're doing it in a very educational, agnostic, you know, uh, uh, kind of Switzerland approach, right? Um, so that's great, but you also get to talk about, you know, the compensation piece. The other place is the asset transition uh, form, you know, where you're showing where it was and where it's going. That's another great place to start to have that conversation too. Well, and I, it surprised me, Jason, because I've had people a couple recently that really pushed back hard on annuities. And one of them actually worked for a, a TPA and really understands the financial services industry. But the way it went through the pyramid of risk from an education perspective, and I didn't like try to convince him in any which way, I was actually able to circle back. And he opened the door to actually discussing them again. And I think that's been different because I think before I was secretly pushing or something, you know, or trying to convince people and that doesn't work. So, yeah, the fee only advisors have done in, you know, a good job of really, you know, making them casting them in a negative light when in reality it's just like a toolbox right you need a hammer for one thing you need a wrench for another i mean it's like there's no one size fits all but for certain certain circumstances the right tool is what's needed so. one of the things that i was able to do to overcome the negatives of annuities is to send out a copy of the baby boomer dilemma movie 
which has worked out really well. It's a 90 minute movie. I'm sure you've seen it, but um, it has worked really well in getting people to understand and appreciate the value of fixed index annuities. That's great, Carl. We just did our showing last night and the night before, the last two nights. We did our, you know, our first showing of that, piloting it as a marketing campaign. We got a pretty good attendance, so that's good insight. Fabulous returns, yep. Yep. The, uh, the, what, the other thing that comes up quite often, um, you know, that's worth discussing is, you know, we talk about putting um, annuities in the soon bucket, but it's crucial and very important that you also have that inflation hedge, another portion of money that is liquid. And again, it's probably going to be primarily fixed income, right? At least 50-50, if not more on the fixed income side. And it's got to be short duration because it's got to be money that if they need to go to, they're going to be able to get to it when there's rising interest rates like it's happening now and not have that fixed income get hit hard while the equities are getting hard. You don't want that double whammy. And the reason it's important to not have it all in annuities is because when you go to where you're getting to a point where you're going to have to reload the soon bucket, you're, go you're going to want to have some liquid money available. It makes it very, very difficult, you know, if you don't also have some liquid money available um, when you're going to reload that soon bucket. So having a mix of part, you know, annuities, and it can be primarily annuities uh, in that soon bucket, but also having, you know, some liquid short duration money available. Good. I think one other challenge that we've had with the soon bucket is when we have uneven distributions. For instance, if um, give you an example of a client that we, we were working with recently, the wife wanted to retire early and the husband was going to keep on working. So we needed to bridge uh, her income gap. And then there was more income needed once the husband retired a few years later. And I've got to say uh, to the resources that we have at C2P, because fortunately for me, I've got a few people on our financial planning team. Vicki Weaver is there, our director of financial planning. We brainstorm these things, but when we get stuck, we turn to Eric and, and Eric comes up and helps us with multiple solutions. And so, you know, turning to your business uh, team is always a great resource to help you kind of think through some of these things. Awesome. That's great. Thanks for the plug, Jude. The checks in the mail. <laughs> so, uh, Kalen, what are what's kind of the most competitive right now? Um, you know, we know. You know, there's there's three ways. You know, again, going into that soon bucket. I mean, we're sometimes lifetime income is the play if that's what we you know need to create and that's what the client wants. Um, the other is the you know, drawdown approach where we're building a temporary bridge to buy a time horizon, which is gonna require less capital. And then of course, there's some situations they don't need income, but it's more of a bond alternative is how we're utilizing you know, the annuities. So you know, what are, right now, what are some of the most com uh, competitive options in those areas? 
Yeah, I mean, I still still for lifetime income. I mean, I, I would say only on life is, is usually our, our preference just because of the increasing income options. I mean, it's just hard to beat a, a rising income, especially right now with inflation. We're seeing the the value of not having a, a levelized income for, for a period of time. because uh, a lot of those clients that have a pension that doesn't have a cola, you know, that their their purchasing power is literally eroding by the hour. Uh, so, so you know, certainly the Allianz story with increasing income. Um, you know, we do have certainly American General AIG and American Equity. If you do want more of a levelized income in that lifetime income space, they're both very competitive. Um, you know, our, our drawdown, uh, I would say still, still, uh, you know, again, Allianz, I think is, is very competitive. Again, they launched some new indices uh, that have made them even more competitive. So if you haven't had a chance to look at those, uh, get with your business development uh, partner, and, and we can certainly walk through kind of what those strategies have done and how they've kind of increased some of those yields. Uh, but we like the FNG um, Flex Accumulator just because it's a very simple design, 10% free withdrawals based on premium. So it makes it real easy to fund a drawdown uh, soon bucket. And then, you know, it's, it's a very simple, clean design. There's no income riders. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's very easy to explain to a client. Uh, and and kind of to complement that, I would say the Lincoln products right now, specifically the OptiBlend series, uh, either as that bond alternative accumulation piece or as a drawdown where you're using a drawdown based on accumulation value, it just has some of the best caps rates, uh, renewal rate history, A plus carrier. I mean, it, it's just a fabulous option. So I, I think those are all, I mean, thankfully right now, Jason, we have a ton of great options. So yeah. it's, you know, I must feel like there's no bad options. There's only good options or great options, but um, you know, you know, we always, we, you know, as, as, for you, you know, we're, we're looking at best interest for the client. So, you know, that's where the business development team can help you figure out what's the best fit for that client, what's, what's going to be in their best interest, uh, which is always our goal in, in case design. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the F and G for the drawdown now over the Allianz because there's no income rider attached to it. At the end of the day, there's a price for that and yeah. you're going to see it in performance. And so that's where I really like that F and G for the drawdown more so than the Allianz these days. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing S and P 500 caps, uh, uh, you know, 7%, which probably many of you have not seen for years. So it, it's really nice to have not only, you know, the, the bond market sliding, but have a competitive alternative that we can present uh, to, to our clients. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's great. All right. Well, this is good. We, I think we had some. We got all the we got all the resources in the uh, chat box, and anybody everything's who, in there. Yeah. Anybody who uh, like I saw Jay Hokanson driving. So Jay, <laughs> make a note. We can email it over to you if you want those resources. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for joining. It was a great uh, great session here today. And I was, uh, I'm appreciative for all of you guys showing up and I'm appreciative. I was able to show up today. So we'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. And, uh, as always, we're here for you. Anything you need, reach out. Have a great day. Interested in learning more about the topics discussed today? We want to know more about your challenges and priorities and how we can help build your custom roadmap to success. That's right, a custom roadmap built just for you. Schedule a free 20-minute consultation with one of our business development partners. Visit c2pe.info 
forward slash podcast to schedule a time that's good for you. That's c2pe.info forward slash podcast.